Today we're continuing to look at Nehemiah. So we remember that in Nehemiah chapter 1, a good leader first loves what? A good leader, first of all, prays. That's the first thing that Nehemiah did when he heard about the condition of the walls of the city of Jerusalem. Then after you have prayed, what's the next thing that a leader does? Well, a leader plans. You pray, then you plan. The second chapter of Nehemiah reveals Nehemiah as a master planner. So tonight we're going to look at five biblical steps, how Nehemiah plans. So first let me give you three reasons for planning. Why? Why should we plan? There's a biblical basis for planning. Number one in your notes, God does it. Yes, God does planning. Look at Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, God, the Lord says. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God is a God of order. So God plans. And if God plans, it's okay for us to plan. Number two, God commands it. God commands planning. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 40, where Paul says, Everything should be done in a fitting and an orderly way. Or look at Proverbs 4.26. Plan carefully what you do. Whatever you do will turn out right. And in Proverbs 16, we should make plans counting on God to direct us. So God not only does planning, God commands us to do planning. God expects us to plan. And number three, planning is simply good stewardship. Planning is good stewardship. We read from Ephesians 5. Live life, Paul says, with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time. Don't be vague, but grasp firmly what you know to be the will of God. Paul is saying that time management is making the best use of your opportunities. And that comes from planning. It's good stewardship to plan your life. It's bad stewardship just to go through life without planning. Now we're going to look at five biblical steps. How leaders like Nehemiah plan. The first thing that Nehemiah did was, number one, think it through. Nehemiah thinks it through. So look at Nehemiah 2 verse 1. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of the king Artaxerxes, I want to stop there. Nisan is the fourth month since Nehemiah received this burden concerning the condition of the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah had been waiting, waiting for something to happen for four months now. What had been happening since Nehemiah got the idea for rebuilding the walls? Well, he had been praying, praying for four months, but he had also been planning. And when the king asked Nehemiah, what he wanted. Nehemiah knew what he needed because he had been planning. Howard Hendricks, in your notes, says, nothing is more profitable than serious thinking. Nothing is more demanding, though. How many of you would agree with that? When our budget committee was spending hours working on our congregational budget, year after year, there was a lot of serious thinking. It was extremely demanding. In fact, we break off and continue working on it several nights 
serious thinking is demanding. I've included several leaders' laws in the nice notes. Here's one of the leaders' laws. Leaders make time for think time. Yeah, leaders will make time for think time. They schedule it in. So looking at Proverbs 13, 16. A wise man thinks ahead. A fool doesn't. Even brags about it. Put this on your refrigerator too. Proverbs 14, verse 8. The wise man looks ahead. The fool attempts to fool himself and won't face facts. So God is saying it's wise. It's wise to spend time thinking about your life. Where am I headed for as a Christian? Where am I at now? Where do I want to be? How will I get there? So Nehemiah was praying about it. He was thinking about it for four months. And I imagine he was asking, where am I now? What do I want to be? How will I get there? What happens when you pray and you plan? But God begins to give you a vision. That's the mark of a good leader. And you notice the leader's law failing to plan is planning to fail. You've all heard that before. You have to think it through. Now there's a second biblical step that Nehemiah took. We want to look at Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. When wine is brought for the king, he says, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, Nehemiah says. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins? Its gates have been destroyed by fire. On the back of your notes, number two. So the second biblical step is prepare for opportunities. So number one, you think it through. Number two, you prepare for opportunities. All of life is full of opportunities. There are many opportunities. Many times we are just not ready for them. This is the moment that Nehemiah had been waiting for. He had been praying for the opportunity to present his idea to the king. Because he had that planned, he was ready to respond. Nehemiah, he had a sad face. He had a burden. He could not hide. He was probably getting a little discouraged by now, too. God, aren't you going to do something about that wall that I've been praying about and praying and praying? So finally the king says, What is wrong, Nehemiah? Notice the phrase when Nehemiah says, I was very much afraid. Do you know why? Do you know why Nehemiah was afraid? In those days it was a capital crime to be sad before the king. The kings were very fickle in those days. They want any downers. They didn't want anyone raining on their parade. If you frowned in the presence of the king, you could have your head removed. If you were depressed in the presence of the king, that would be it. So Nehemiah said this was the first time that he appeared to be sad in the presence of the king. But he was afraid. Not only that, Nehemiah was also going to ask permission. Permission to leave the absence, have a leave of absence from the king. King, I want you to let me go to build a wall in another country. Now, if the king did not like your request, then he didn't like you. Nehemiah was afraid. Not only did he want a leave of absence, but Nehemiah wanted to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. 
And it was this king who said that they should not be rebelled. Would you be a little nervous if you went? Nehemiah then appeals. Appeals to the eastern respect for ancestors. He said that his father's graves are in ruins. The eastern people were very loyal, keeping up the ancestors' graves. Here's another leader's law. In your notes, leaders move ahead in spite of fears. Yeah, leaders will move ahead in spite of their fears. There's a myth that leaders are never afraid. That's simply not true. But leaders with courage move ahead in spite of their fears. What did Nehemiah do with his fears? Well, look at Nehemiah 2, verses 4 and 5. Then Nehemiah says, I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. If it pleases the king, if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city of Judah, where my fathers are buried, so I can rebuild it. So Nehemiah here is setting up a quickie prayer, sort of like a prayer gram. Then I pray to the God of heaven. This is different from his four continuous months of praying. This is a quickie prayer. Have you ever had a tight situation and where you said, God, please help? Tell me what to say. This is a prayer to ask God's wisdom. After he thinks it through, after he prepares for all the opportunities, step number three in your notes. Nehemiah establishes a goal. Yeah, he establishes a goal. He asks to be sent to the city so he can rebuild the wall. Nehemiah did not have to think twice. I want to go. I want to build the wall. In planning, you have to have a target. You have to have a target out there. So in your notes, if you aim at nothing, what happens? You hit it every time. So you need to ask yourself some questions. What do I want to be as a Christian? What do I want to do as a Christian, as a servant of Jesus? What do I need? What do I want to have in order to fulfill this plan? Those are the questions each Christian needs to ask as he or she plans. So in your notes. But there are two common errors. Two common errors that are made in goal setting. Number one, we set them too low. Yeah, we set our goals too low. We should plan for big goals. Make big plans. Make them so, uh, so big that God has to bail you out. That's what I feel like when we move forward. When we move forward each year with our $1 million congregational budget for the next fiscal year. God loves big planning, though, because he honors God to have his people expecting big things from him. And this is what we want God to do with his people and through his people here at St. John. So Nehemiah wanted to build a wall around the whole city of Jerusalem, two to three miles of city wall. Have you ever built a wall before, Nehemiah? Never. What do you do? What's your job? I'm a cupbearer. That's a big goal for a cupbearer. But number two, in your notes, the second error we make, we try to accomplish them too quickly. Yeah, we set them too low, we accomplish them too quickly. Inch by inch, anything is a cinch. You may take your time. We often try to accomplish things too quickly in the process of establishing our goals. Look at Nehemiah 2, verse 6. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, How long, how long will your journey take? And when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me. So I what? What did Nehemiah say? I set a time. Step number four in your notes. You set a deadline. You set a deadline. You can apply these biblical steps to most any area of your life today. 
First thing you do is pray about it. You pray. Secondly, you think it through. Then you prepare yourself for some opportunities so that when opportunity comes, you're ready. Sometimes we say, you know, that guy, that guy over there gets all the breaks. He is just lucky. But usually, the more you plan, the more you prepare, the more you think it through, the luckier you become. God blesses those who obey him by planning and relying on God to direct them. And every goal must have that deadline. If your goal does not have a deadline, it's not an effective goal. So in your notes, this is the point where you put it on your schedule. You know what you do, want to do. Now you must know when you're going to do it. In Nehemiah chapter 5 indicates that it took Nehemiah, it took him 12 years. 12 years to accomplish this task. This certainly becomes a scheduling task. So look at Nehemiah 2 verses 7 and 8. I also said to him, If it please the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the king's forest, so that he will give me timber to make the beams for the gates of the city by the temple, for the city wall, and also the residence I will occupy. Step number four then, in your notes. Let's calculate the cost. You must calculate the cost. Nehemiah now must ask for protection. He asked for protection for his travel to Judah. Over this thousand-mile journey, Nehemiah needed traveling permits for a safe journey. This implies that Nehemiah had certainly thought it through. During the four months of praying, the four months of thinking this through, Nehemiah was prepared. He was prepared for this opportunity. So when you plan things for your Christian life, you must ask, what are the costs? What things could hold me back? What could interrupt your plans? Because anything could go wrong, they will, says Dr. Murphy. You will need to count the costs. Managers, yeah, managers will focus on solving today's problems. But leaders, leaders need to focus on solving tomorrow's problems. Both are essential for your family, for your business, for the church. Look at Proverbs 27, verse 12. A sensible man watches for problems ahead, prepares to meet them. So in your notes, it's always easier to get into a problem than it is to get out of a problem. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that it's always easier to get into debt than it is to get out of debt? Sure. How many would agree that it's easier to fill up your schedule than it is to eliminate things from your schedule? That's a principle. So the sensitive man, sensible man, watches for the problems ahead and he prepares to meet them. Nehemiah then asked the king for keys to the forest reserves. See, Nehemiah even knows the keeper of the forest's name. I need a letter to Asaph. And he gives the king his shopping list. Nehemiah has three requests for the king. First, he asks if he can go. Secondly, he asks for safe journey. And thirdly, he asks the king to, to pay for his supplies. Now, Nehemiah asked for lumber for three things. First, I want you to build the beams for the city gates. We need lumber for that. He had thought it through. Then he needed lumber for the city walls. Then he throws in a third request. I will need lumber to build my own house in Kettering Hills. Nehemiah is not a contractor. He has never built anything in his life. He was a cupbearer. So how can he do this? Well, he planned. He prayed about it. 
He thought it through. He was prepared for the opportunity. He set his goal and a deadline. And he calculated the cost. Nehemiah made his request for the king for these three things. And you note, he asked for permission. May I go build this wall? Secondly, he asked for protection. May I have these letters of protection? And then he goes for number three. Now, he asked for the king's provisions. Why don't you just pay for it? Or you pick up the tab. He will get the timber for the forest. And Nehemiah was taking tremendous risk standing before the king there. Nehemiah sets an example for us. But first of all, by praying for four months. And he planned. Nehemiah, however, doesn't have to take the credit for this. Look at Nehemiah 2, verse 3. It's a great verse where Nehemiah says, Because the gracious hand of my God was upon me, the king granted my request. Nehemiah there gives all the credit to God. He knew God was behind it all. Nehemiah had an idea. He had a dream four months before. Now it's being carried out. Two concluding leaders' law in your notes. When God finds a person with vision, God provides the resources. When God finds a person with vision, he provides resources. This chapter shows the harmony of serving and working for God on this earth. God's part is that he controls it all. Man's part is to pray and to plan for things that are under his control. So every Christian needs to do this with their own life, to pray and to plan. Here's the final leader's law. Leaders work for success rather than worry about failure. Nehemiah doesn't worry himself sick about what happens if it doesn't work. He's planning. He's praying. He's working. So God also had a plan. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus became part of God's plan. He willingly went to the cross on that night in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus prayed, remember, not my plans, Father, but yours be done. And God's plan is the good news of the gospel, his love, his forgiveness, salvation for all who believe in Jesus. So in conclusion, do you want to grow spiritually? Do you want to find a place where you can serve Jesus and his church? What plans have you made to grow? Have you planned to read through the Bible? Have you planned to set aside time for prayer each day? Have you planned to join a Bible study? Do you have a plan to talk to that person at work about the Lord? Do you have a plan to invite your unchurched friends to come to church as we approach Easter? See, God wants you and me to make big plans. And when we do succeed, God gets the credit. Amen.